TFS on the first episode of the podcast. Um, we're going to get it started off. I'm Austin Green. To my right is Dylan Thompson, a.k.a. DJ Big Dooley. Yes, sir. Um, ahead of me is Jay Stone, a.k.a. Goddamn it. <laughs> Onyx Core. Onyx. Yeah, we're straight. We're straight. It's actually kind of new, so it's, I don't expect everybody to be able to get it right now. We're going to get it right. We're going to get it right. Um... So, to start off with the first episode, I think a good idea is just to uh, go around the table. Um, and let's kind of introduce ourselves. Uh, Dooley, you want to kick us off? Oh, yeah. My name is Dylan. You know, I go by DJ Big Dooley. Um, I'm a DJ. I'm a graphic designer. I make cover art for some of the guys that we work with. I uh, edit music videos. Um, just a whole lot of uh, rates around there. Just trying to get everybody together, get everybody working good, and uh, I even run live sound for some bands for even for local artists who just want to do solo shows. I can run live sound for pretty much anybody. What about you, Jay? Uh, well, man, um, your boy is a producer, uh, self self learned producer, I should say. I didn't go to school for it or anything. Uh, did learn a little bit of music theory in college when I was there because I thought I wanted to teach kids, you know. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that ain't for me, dog. <laughs> that ain't for me. That's dog. understandable, man. So, it happens. but yeah, I'm a producer um, for the TFS Productions team. Uh, I record people. You know, they come in. We work together. We build a good relationship. I'm also an artist, solo artist. Uh, my name is Onyx Corwin on all platforms. Look me up. O n y x c r no, C-O-R-R-W-I-N, Onyx Corwin. Look me up on all platforms. Should be everywhere. Got a new single out. Go listen to it. Tell me what y'all think. Tell me what y'all think. Um, featuring Kid Kent. I know he, he killed that shit. Uh, we're actually almost close to 1K right now on Spotify. We're actually close to 1.5K across all platforms. So go, let's go hit 1K on Spotify. Let's trigger those algorithms. So get me on a playlist. Let's do it. I uh, got another one dropping real soon. I'm pretty sure I'll record sometime this week, either Wednesday or Thursday, and then I'll probably drop it in about a week or two. So, exciting stuff, man. Exciting stuff. Hey, yeah, man. Well, Austin, tell us about you. Um, <clears throat> Like I said, I'm Austin Green. Uh, I don't know why these two talented individuals <laughs> asked me to come on this podcast. Um, I have no music background outside of being a fan, um, but I'm honored to be here and to talk about people around the 256 if nobody knew TFS uh, 256 Um, and I've been able to see by hanging out with you guys some real talent that I didn't know existed in the area I mean honestly I've always kind of made fun of the backpack rappers from you know little place in Alabama but 
I've been pleasantly surprised in the past few months. So. Yeah, it's actually kind of wild, man. Like, there's a lot of hidden talent here that no one knows about. Now, actually, Alabama's got a lot of like a lot of rich music history, like Down in Marshall Souls, a bunch of old R&B and soul singers produced their records there, and a bunch of rock bands. You know, we got the Brothers Bar in downtown Jacksonville, where the fucking Almond Brothers played, Jason Isbell, yeah. Riley Green, and yeah, those are country music and rock bands. But you know, it's the Times are shifting, and it's the rise of the hip-hop and R&B and pop scene around here, so I'm glad that we're getting to expose a lot of people to this, what we got going on. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Absolutely. Um, well, like I said previously, I have no music experience outside of being a fan, but you two individuals uh, seem to have a lot more talent than me. Um... Jay, start us off with uh, how you got into music. What drove you that way? Well, to be honest, dude, um, I actually moved away in third and fourth grade to Coldwater Elementary, and it's the smallest school you will ever see in your life besides, like, maybe other small-town, like, kind of, like, country farmland schools where they literally only have, like, maybe 20 kids, K-12. through Yeah, like, rural area, you know what I'm saying? And, like, so I got interested there because my music teacher, she asked me where I came from, and I was like, I came from Jacksonville, and she was like, so you know Miss Gillespie? And I was like, yeah, I know Miss Gillespie. Yeah, dude, she knew Miss Gillespie and Clint and everything. Um, So that was kind of a bonding moment for us, and then uh, she wanted me to get into her recorder class or whatever, Uh and it was called, like, Recording Black Belt, and, like, not to, like, brag or anything, but I got my recording black belt before all the other kids. So, <laughs> a little bit of a flex there. Yeah, on the no, no, oh, God. So it kind of just came naturally. And then before that, I had gotten my first drum set and guitars at the age of eight. My brother actually used to play bass guitar. So, like, I didn't know that. Yeah, he okay. was, yeah, he was actually interested in music. He wanted to play the flute and band, but he was actually kind of... He was kind of worried that people would make fun of him, so he never went out for it because, you know, you don't see a lot of guys playing flute. But I, yeah, yeah, dude, I feel like he could have been really good at it because he did have the drive. He was learning bass at the same time I was learning guitar, and we would have like a little family jam session every now and then. Can't beat that, man. Yeah, dude. So that was, that was pretty cool. And then I moved back, and in fifth grade, they started talking about beginning band in <coughs> sixth grade. I joined beginning band, and I wanted to play either drums, sax, or trumpet. And Miss Gillespie was like, look, I have a tuba player. I have trombone players. Will you please, pretty please, play the baritone for me? And I was like, sure, I'll play the baritone. So I got on low brass, learned the baritone. In seventh grade, the legend, as we all know and love, Jeffrey Gossett, mm-hmm. he exposed me to the tuba because our tuba player had left and he needed someone to pick up that bass. So uh, I was all about that bass, no treble from Ooh. then on in. <laughs> I was all about it. And then... Yeah, man. Everything was just a snowball effect from there. I joined jazz band, played trumpet, drum set, sung vocals, played trombone. And it wasn't until I got out of high school and finished my first year of college that I really understood that I did not want to teach. I wanted to do it on my own terms. Yeah. So I hit up Giles, which is a mutual friend of ours, another artist that you guys will hear about here soon. Um, I hit up Giles, and he had a producer that we had gone to high school with named Chandler, who's a genius. And I'm telling you, when I say this man's a genius, he was, like, arranging full, like, quintet, quartet, 
pieces by himself. Yeah, like you know the Star Wars song that's like bum 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 bum. He arranged that when he was in ninth grade. What? Yeah, dude. He had wrote that out for like four parts, three or four parts in ninth grade. And I walked in and I heard him playing it one day with uh, Elvis Morales, uh-huh. Jose's little brother. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if you know Sam White, Dr. White at JSU. Not off the top of my head. His, his little brother, Peter White, who's an amazing trumpet player. Um, yeah, they were all playing that. And I was like, who wrote this? And Chandler was like, I do. <laughs> I was like, dude, that bangs, bro. That's fine. Like, keep going. Like, do what you do. And then I found out through Giles... After I heard a couple of his songs that Chandler produced him, and I was like, dude, try to get me in there with him because, like, I want to do this for real. I'll pay him, like, whatever it takes. And then, once again, it was just a snowball effect, man. Um, after I got on my own feet, I finally decided to get my own equipment, start learning how to produce because I already liked writing music and structuring music, writing songs. I love lyricism, and playing guitar is really easy, so... or really easy to write music too it's not easy i still suck at it low-key but uh it just kind of like the songwriting ability came natural to me and i've been performing since like live gigs on my own away from the school since i was 17 okay i got my first show at uh the old bar caldwell tavern in anniston i know what you're talking yeah, about. yeah and then i actually they didn't there's a law in alabama that states an employee can't serve alcohol there unless they're 21 but they can work there at 19 Okay. And when I got my first show, Torsten Dryden had reached out, and he was like, hey, dude, how old are you again? And I knew about the law, so I lied about my age. I was like, I'm 19, <laughs> bro. Like, like no shit, I'm 19. And so he was like, all right, cool, cool. And he didn't find out till after the show that I had lied to him. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, man, like I said, it's just been a snowball effect. So, um, But, yeah, it really helped me, though, like finding that drive and love for music. It really helped me. Yeah. And then also, like, meeting people. It kind of gets you out of your shell, you know what I'm saying? Especially once you start to produce for people. That's where the magic happens is, like, making that intimate personal connection because, you know, they're coming to you wanting to create a piece of art. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And that's kind of – that's really special. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I, I enjoy it. Uh, that's what I do. That's why I do it. And that's when I started, man. So, yeah. Wow. Wow, deep. I knew you were in band. But I did not realize how many different instruments you played. I, I feel yeah, like I play. I, saw you. I play everything, or I can play everything to a certain degree. Not really well, but I can like work my way around anything except for a woodwind instrument. Yeah, I feel like I remember seeing you like with a drum and with a guitar for sure. But that's all that I knew of. I didn't know motherfucker was like an ace on the recorder. <laughs> Damn, we got a prodigy. In the yeah, man. My crossbones was my shit. <laughs> uh, well, um, Dylan, how about you, man? Because I knew you a little bit better throughout high school. We graduated together. Yeah, man. Yeah, uh, yeah we went to high school together all throughout school. We were in the same grade. Um, I saw you in the ag shop. I didn't see you in the band room. Well, growing up, my, my story is a little bit different. Around the time of fifth grade is when I realized I wanted to start doing stuff. And so in fifth grade, I played football. Um, liked it, but hated it at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a love-hate relationship with it. It wasn't for me. You know, I grew up on country music. Yeah, I grew up pretty much in the country, basically. You know, working with pigs, you know, goats, chickens. 
Uh, that's what I spent most of my time on the weekends doing with my dad and uncle. And I remember you saying something about like you livestock judge for FFA competitions. And yeah, shit. that's um, kind of lit though. That's kind of lit. Like you know shit about animals. Like yeah, like you're like Doctor Doolittle. <laughs> <laughs> I guess in a way, yeah. Um, but so sixth grade came around, and in sixth grade, I actually decided I want to do something different than football. So in sixth grade, I did the beginner band. Uh, and I actually played saxophone. Oh, wow. Dude. That's wild. That's wild. <laughs> yeah, so I played saxophone uh, for that whole sixth grade year and then ended up deciding to give it up. Uh, it wasn't for me. I loved music, but and I was decent, but I just I just didn't have the drive to, to play it like that. Um, and so seventh grade, I went back to doing nothing. Eighth grade, I played football again. And then... I was going to keep playing football with the coach at the time, Coach Houston. What, you didn't like that wing bone <laughs> triple option? That no, it wasn't that. <laughs> coach Houston, yeah, he had some problems with my family and he didn't like me, so I just, I wasn't going to deal with it. Yeah. Um, so I just stayed out of it, you know. And then, you know, growing up, I ended up meeting a buddy of mine, you know, Ryan Lang. Yeah. Uh, yeah. An old uh, guitar player in your band, Jay. Uh, yeah. Sunshine Crooners. Uh, check them out on Spotify. They got a single out called Baby. Uh, okay. They got some more on the way, though. Uh, but, yeah, I met Ryan. I started hanging out with him. You know, me and him were like brothers with Kaiser and Sawyer. You know, it's all a bunch of rednecks running around together having fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, at that point, you know, I still didn't really know who I was or, you know, what I wanted to do. And so, but one thing I did love doing more than anything with the guys was going out to Ryan's Creek a lot. And him picking up his guitar and us just singing along and having a good time. Those were some good times, yeah, too. There's just something about that drive for music, uh, that passion for music that just brings people together sometimes. Um, and so that's where I kind of found, yeah, like I said, I'd always loved music but didn't, didn't really know what I was going to do musically. Didn't know I was going to do anything musically because, you know, I tried playing guitar for a little bit. Couldn't really get the hang of it, so I just didn't try anymore. Um, got out of high school, spent a little bit of time, you know, just working, working on myself, figuring out who I am. Started, you know, that's when your band really got going together. Yeah. And I was good friends with Ryan, so I always started coming out to support him. Well, then it's changed from me supporting him to supporting all of y'all. And, you know, we just built up a friendship together. And then ended up starting living with you, and that's... Yeah, you know, seeing you do your thing with the music is kind of what really pushed me to you know want to do more. Oh yeah, dude. Fuck yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is that is wild too because like I remember when you had first moved in, and like I had been talking to you about like wanting to start our own shit or like my own shit with someone else that mm-hmm. was like really about it, and I was like, bro, I just. I haven't met anyone that's about this shit like I am right now. And then you were just like, bro, if no one else is going to be about it, I'm going to be about it. <laughs> I was like, all right, then let's, let's, let's fucking do this shit. Let's not half-ass it. We're going to, we're going to go for it. And ever since then, dude, like we went from having nothing in here to having probably $15,000 worth yes, of equipment. Dude, easy. High end. Yeah. Low end. Maybe even, like, <laughs> yeah. like on the low side of things, like, but it's been a blessing for sure, dude, to have you have you come along on this journey. Yes, it is. And have, have trust in a crazy-ass idea that maybe 20 years from now we won't be able to work out and we'll all be struggling to find a 9-to-5 maybe. But 
At least it was fucking worth it, and, you know. Yeah, we had, had fun doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what it's all about at the end of the day. But what about you, man? What about you? Here, man, what about you, Austin Green? I know you're a, you're a big personality. A lot of people from the high school knew you. We are, oh, by the way, guys, we all went to high school together, so, you know, yeah. we kind of got that camaraderie and chemistry already built up. Uh, but, yeah, man, I used to see you walking around high school, and I don't know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually tell you a story about okay. the first time I ever met you. <laughs> okay, let me <laughs> I don't know Let's if you remember game. this, but I was in seventh grade, and I was playing football. Okay. And you, I think, were also playing football because I had gone to time. a 7 a.m. workout, and you were there. And summer I got workouts. Summer workouts with yeah. Coach Houston, and I got put in your group. Freshman year. <laughs> yeah, My dude. freshman year, yeah. Yeah, and I, you, were, you looked at me, and you were like, what's your name, bro? And I was like... I was like kind of timid at the time because like there was a bunch of fucking varsity. I was the I was like the only junior, junior high player in there working out with you guys because I was trying to get better yeah. at the time that I played. And you were like, "What's your name, man?" <laughs> I was like, "My name's JJ." And you were like, "Oh, bro, that's that's a cool name, bro." And I was like, "I appreciate it." And then you started benching and you started out repping thirty fives on the forty five bar. And I was like, "There's no way I'm gonna do this. I got fucking twig arms, dude. I I'm gonna have to like tell him to like knock it down to tens real quick, <laughs> like ten tens on each side." And then you're like, "You're like, no, bro, you got it." And then you actually pushed me. My first time, like, ever actually weightlifting to rep 35s, and I got six. I remember that shit like it was yesterday. Huh. Dude. Yeah, dude, I swear yeah. to God. And then, like, I think it was also, like, uh, Josh Barnes was over mm -hmm. there talking to us and conversating with us and stuff like that. Yeah. And he, he had kind of helped me build my confidence in the weight room a little bit, too. Good so, shit. yeah, that was, like, the first time I met you, man. Wow. Can't lie. I don't remember that one in particular, but I was very outgoing in high school and, like, Especially uh, in sports, I had a big like drive. Being five foot six, one hundred sixty, and they were slapping me at nose guard, man. So mm -hmm. like, I definitely wanted to see guys like get everything they could out in the weight room, and I was like, no, motherfucker, I ain't gonna let you die. Like, <laughs> you know, it might bruise a rib or something, but we ain't gonna let them crack. You know, yeah, like I, I had you, but uh, dang, I really do not remember that one off the top of my head. That's yeah, funny. dude, I'll never forget that. Huh. Well, um, you know, like I've said, this is third time I'm saying it, but uh, I don't have any uh, any role in music right now besides doing this podcast currently, which, again, I'm honored to be here. Um, he used to freestyle but, back in the day, though. Oh, yeah, no. If you, uh, <laughs> if you catch me at the right time on the right night, you know, the vibes are right, we'll, we'll dick around a little bit. But uh, <laughs> that's about it, man. Um, but I, uh, I guess I could spill on to like hobbies and stuff like that. Um, I'm a big time music connoisseur. Anything from rap, R and B to fucking country, Motown. Like, oh, yeah. as long as it's not screamo, I'm in. <laughs> like, I'll give anything a try. Um, I'm big into uh, NFL, college football, NBA, all of that good stuff. Um, I'm a Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, Marvel nerd. You know no, that, yeah, dude. Um, I started running with this cat after high school. I remember you through high school. Yeah, we never really hung out in high school because, like I said, I was I was just a redneck at the time. Yeah, I didn't really hang out with anybody other than the rednecks. Yeah. Um, I just really didn't do a whole lot, man. I just, I don't know. I was just tr still trying to figure out who I was and didn't figure that out till after high school. Yeah. I'm still trying to figure out who I am, but I'm definitely Shit, got it more than... More than what I did back then. Well, 
I was a bad influence after high school. I know that much. I led you down some dark paths, but we made it out alive. So. I had some fun, though. So it was all worth it. Yeah. Um, but, man, uh, besides that, since high school, I did, like, um, three semesters of college, figured out a didn't know what the hell I was stacking up student loans for mm-hmm. and pulled out before, you know, Sally Mae got the best of me. We kept it under like five digits. So mm-hmm. you know yeah. what I mean? That's always a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but since then, dude, I've done everything from being a FedEx delivery guy to renting a man coming to pick up your stuff when you're late on your payments. <laughs> um, I was a security guard. Um, been refing high school sports trying to stay in shape, you know what I mean? I yeah. love freaking sports. Any way that you can get me around it. Um, but that's been it, dude. I've just been trying to figure myself out like you were talking about. I mean, I've probably held seven different jobs since high school and enjoyed all of the experiences through them, but, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm still figuring out everything. I, I have no clue where this ship is headed. I'm just happy the sails haven't ripped off yet. You know what I mean? <laughs> absolutely, man. Absolutely. Uh, let's see. That's a good little analogy. I like that. I like that. Appreciate it. That, that was a good little bullshit. Analogy. Just speaking <laughs> out. <laughs> um, let's see. So, do y'all want to talk about day jobs, hobbies of your own? Yes, yes, you did. Um, Jay, you want to go ahead? Yeah, yeah. Um. Well, like you, I am a huge fucking Marvel fan. Uh, I've read a lot of comics. I've seen every fucking movie. Uh, even the old ones that are bad. Like, <laughs> like Daredevil and Elektra. And like mm-hmm. all the way to like the Wesley Snipes Blade, which I love that movie. That's not a bad movie at all. Um, and, but what really caught me is the first Spider-Man movie. With Tobey Maguire. Yes, sir. Like, the, what was it, like 2001? Yeah, 2002, maybe three. Yeah, somewhere like in there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, back when early. back when Chad Kroger was still still doing his thing with, with Nickelback. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, uh, because they say a hero will save yeah. us. <laughs> like, and then uh. Kirsten Dunst is uh, MJ and all that stuff, so that was pretty cool. Uh, that's that's what really got me into the Marvel stuff. Uh, so I, I enjoy sitting down to watch a good Marvel TV show or a Marvel movie. Um, as far as like hobbies, uh, whenever I do get the chance, I like I genuinely like going hunting and fishing. It's like a little escape. You're by yourself in nature. You get to connect. And like some people may disagree with like the hunting and fishing aspect because like you're killing animals and like why kill animals? But like. I feel like it's better to do it yourself, you know what I'm saying, rather than let that cow or a chicken go through a whole lifetime of bullshit. He's out here on freaking Old McDonald's farm. Yeah, yeah, like cows. Yeah, dude. So like, and don't get me wrong, like I love a good steak, but there's something that's like makes you feel connected with the universe and like yeah. with a higher power other than yourself when you like get to experience an animal in the way that you would hunting and fishing. Yeah. yeah. So like. It's kind of cool to do that. Um, I used to skateboard a lot before I tore my ACL, uh, but I don't do that anymore. I can inline, you know, we'll go on like a rollerblade night every now and then, go to the skate rink, have some fun. Uh, I really like playing video games. <laughs> I Which love. Kind of can't run. Yeah, I kind of can't right now. Uh, I can play with a controller, but Fortnite's the only game I can play on PC with the controller. 
Um, but I do enjoy other one. games like Valorant. I do play. I like playing Magic the Gathering. Okay. Uh, okay. Speaking of that, I saw Post Malone just recently spent a hundred thousand dollars or eight hundred thousand dollars on a like first edition print signed Black Lotus card. Oh, this is yeah. one card. Yeah, one damn that. card, bro. bro one Black Lotus, damn card. That's the most expensive card you'll ever find in Magic. What the hell? Yeah, yeah, yeah he spent like eight hundred k on that shit. First edition print, like very first edition, signed and everything. Yeah. Like to even get a regular one, it's a couple thousand. Oh shit! So this is like yeah, like yeah. probably like 10k for like a regular. Wow. Yeah, dude, it's it's up there, and they don't even print them anymore. So like, you gotta search for that shit. Wow. Yeah, and then as far as like a day job, um, I currently work at Chronospan, where the we're the largest manufacturer of uh, laminate flooring mm-hmm. in the country, or actually in the world. Um, all of the all of the name brand people get their laminate flooring from us. Uh, so I'm gonna let you guys in on a little secret, actually, while I'm while I'm on this soapbox. Uh, don't think that the price means you're getting a higher quality, because I promise you, all of the laminate flooring you see on the shelves comes from Chronos Van. I promise to God, there's no difference between 80 square feet of that same laminate flooring from one company in a different color, and the exact same laminate flooring in the same color from a different company that's $50 per square feet. It's the exact same board. I swear to God. I'm a lab technician there, so I do quality control. Uh, we got we have to cut up little samples and you know test them to make sure they're up to standard. Uh-huh. Uh, we do physical tests. <clears throat> I don't do the chemical tests yet, but I'm working my way up to be able to do formaldehyde tests and make sure our missions are on par with the EPA regulations and the governmental regulations and shit like that. Um, Not to hate or anything but we might need to slow down before chemicals if you'll show everybody real quick why you're not able to yeah, play so your video games right now <laughs> yeah that was had weird. a little accident at chronospan at the saw uh <laughs> it's not their fault though um the, t- the table on the table saw was loose and i felt it i knew it was loose so uh but i was making my last cut and then it caught and my hand slipped up under there um it actually should heal just fine, but we don't know if it's going to need to be further amputated yet. I hope it doesn't, but the doctors say it's healing fine, so we'll see in about... I think I go back next this coming Wednesday uh, to see if i got to get it cut any lower than what it is right now. So I'm, I'm praying that I don't have to learn guitar right-handed. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It'd be but, a yeah. change up. Yeah, it'd be a... Whew, it's going to take years. Learning curve. Yeah, right a huge learning curve right there. <laughs> But I'll be hella ambidextrous after that. Hell yeah. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I might even be able to write left-handed after this. <laughs> after it's all said and done with. But yeah, cut the tip of my finger off. It's got some stitches in there right now. You know, a little bone exposure, a little flesh wound. But it's all straight. Um, yeah, that's that's really that's really about it. That's really about my bread and butter, for real. Uh, I do like cars. So if, ever, if I ever get the chance to go to like a drag strip or an F1 race, I've never been to an F1 race. I've been to plenty of drag meets down in Steele, Alabama. Mm-hmm. Uh, that shit is so lit, dude. That <laughs> shit is so lit. I remember this one time my mom had a V6 Mustang. Shut up. And it was like, it was like a 2006, 2007, you know, like those old yeah. kind of, well, not really old, but like older kind of, uh, kind of models. And as far as that goes, she beat the shit out of a truck. That had a V8 Corvette engine. No and, yeah, I swear to God, it had a V8 Cor- Corvette engine in it, and it was a Toyota Tacoma. They had modified that shit, made it a little longer in the front end so it could in, like take everything in the engine bay properly. Mm-hmm. And she, she stomped that thing. And I thought, she, 
when I was a kid, I was like, I was under the assumption that everybody raced for pink slips, like they, like, like they, like they do in movies. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I was like, Mom, don't lose. We're gonna lose the Mustang. Don't, don't lose. And then she went off that line, man, and probably got down that quarter of a mile in like nine seconds. Oh shit! Yeah, and mm. she like she had done all her own work on it too. So like from the ground up, oh. it was it was hers. Yeah. So okay. like she she knew what she was doing. Um, I also <laughs> like motorcycles. My granddad. Was in a uh, MC, The Devil's Disciples, the third, mm. the third largest in the United States. So I got to meet a lot of cool cats through that, and a lot of see a completely different culture. Like yeah. that Sons of Anarchy shit, low key is real, man. Oh, yeah. Like some yeah. of it's exaggerated for you know the TV and shit, but like some of that stuff actually happens. Yeah. And that that was wild to me to see that you know because I'd always watch the TV show with my parents, and then I'd go to the clubhouse and be like, wow, like. They're really riding around, you know, ape hangers, no helmet, like, yeah. no shirt up under their leather vest, like, mm-hmm. they're toting guns in their fucking saddlebags, you know what I'm saying? So, like, it was kind of oh. cool, man. It was kind of cool. But, yeah, I'm also starting to get into tattoos. I got my first four, okay. three on my ankle and one on my forearm, and I'm definitely going to fucking... It's, they say... Uh, my Uncle John used to own a tattoo parlor in Aniston, and he always used to tell his new, the first-time clients, he used to be like, welcome to your new addiction. Oh, yeah, you got that fever? Oh, yeah. Yeah, dude, yeah. and it's it's real, man. Like, tattoo fever is real. It, I would even say it's stronger than baby fever. Once you start, you just, like, you can't stop. Like, yeah, you gotta keep going. But that's my hobbies, man. That's what I like to do. Um, DJ Big Dooley. What you like to do, man? What you like to get into? Oh, shit. Normally, when I'm not... When I'm not working on shit for this, because um, this is what I do full time, um, the DJ stuff, the music video editing, everything like that. Uh, I'm even on every shoot for the music videos. Uh, since I'm the one that's going to be editing, I work closely with the artists to make sure you know they get what they want, um, and everything looks good. So yeah, I like to be there on everything just to make sure everything's up to my quality and their quality. Everything works out smooth. Uh, it also helps for different inputs for different ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I really enjoy being on all the shoots, man, just because of that. Uh, I play a little bit of video games, play some Fortnite, play some Valorant, stream a little bit, DJ Big Dooley on Twitch. Yes, sir. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, I need to get back streaming a little bit more, <laughs> a little bit more often. Uh, but, man, I love, you know, spending time with friends, doing shit, having fun, you know, Anything that, you know, just keeps you busy, but, like, allows you to have a lot of fun. Yeah, it doesn't feel like work. Yeah. 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 Um, piggybacking off of your fishing and hunting, uh, man, we all went kayaking. How long ago was that? A couple of weeks ago now. It's been, like, two ago. two or three. Yeah. Yeah, so you're not afraid to get out there. Just oh, no, absolutely Throw a little not. sunscreen on, make sure we don't, you know, bubble up a little bit. I'm, I'm a little too white sometimes, so... <laughs> <laughs> But it's all good. Uh, yeah, man, I love getting outdoors. You know, kayaking is definitely fun, especially when you got a good group to go with. Uh, man, pretty much anything for real. I need to get back out fishing uh, sometime. Mm-hmm. But nowadays, you know, like I said, I love putting myself in, into this work because it doesn't feel like work. I'm having fun while doing it. You know, doing what I love. And so, man, I just love doing doing everything that comes with it. Heck yeah, dude. You have such a positive outlook on things, man, for real. <laughs> man, I try to. I've been through a lot of shit, so I just try to try to look at the positive things. Hell yeah. For real. Hell yeah. Well, 
well, this might not be very well timed, but do y'all mind a little intermission for boys' room and another beer? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Cool. Man. How far? Twelve seconds later. <laughs> All right, we're back from our little break there. A little intermission. Yeah, appreciate that, y'all. Um, well, now that we've kind of got a good feel for everybody here on the podcast, um, since we're not deep into this series and we don't have a whole lot of um, artists to talk about right now, let's just talk about what's going on in sports, uh pop culture, whatever y'all want to toss around, let's just shoot it for a little bit. Shoot, man, as long as they're shooting the shit, I'll kick it off real quick and say, I love the Miss Marvel series so far, man. The new series on Disney Plus, dude. It surprised me. Yeah, it it really has gone above and beyond my expectations as far as what they were going to do and how they were going to do it, too. Because, honestly, like, the first episode, I sat down and watched with Dylan and Nathan. Mm -hmm. And I was like... I was like, this is literally just going to be a Captain Marvel ripoff, except with, like, the Indian Hindu culture uh-huh. aspect of it. Yeah. Like, and I really wasn't convinced until the second episode. Where yeah, the first I, episode kind of left you kind of high and dry. Like, yeah, very is this high gonna be, Is this going to be worth the count, or is it... Kind yeah. of like, a, like a, another... It's like a... Like the Amazing Spider-Man to Tom Holland Spider-Man, like the yeah. Andrew Garfield Spider-Man to Tom Holland Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying, kind of thing. Um, which I don't think. Uh, actually, that's probably the ass backwards way to say that. I will say that Andrew Garfield Spider-Man to the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. There we go. Yeah, you know I, what I'm saying? I knew because, what you were saying. Yeah, yeah, because like Sony and Marvel did a very good job with Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. All three movies I think were fantastic. Yeah. The third one kind of was iffy, but I, nonetheless a good movie. Um, and then they were like, you know, The Amazing Spider-Man. And then after the first movie, which wasn't bad. They definitely could have done a whole lot better. I wasn't too convinced, but it's and it's the same with this TV show. But after I watched the second episode, I was like, okay, okay, it, this is yeah, this, yeah, this is kind of lit. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, I'm waiting to see the third episode. Uh, I say, shit gets crazy in that third episode. <laughs> I'm waiting to see the third episode. Um, yeah, I really enjoy that though, and I think the longevity of what Marvel's doing as far as their TV shows uh, being intertwined into the actual MCU movie yeah. universe. Yeah. I think that is fucking lit. Yeah. Um, I was a little disappointed. I'm a real harsh critic when it comes to movies and TV shows. And I had some buddies that were huge into The Flash. And when it wasn't the Barry Allen from the TV show, yeah, the Justice League. Yeah, Miller instead. Yeah, I wasn't even, like, that invested. Like, I'm way more of a Marvel guy than a DC. But I was like, how are you not going to get Barry Allen to come in Facts. here? Like... But, yeah, I've been pleasantly surprised by Miss Marvel. Like, I honestly thought it was going to be dog shit, but it's been pretty good. Man. I'm not going to lie, dude. I did, too. Like I said, I was not convinced. Especially after seeing the trailers and shit, I was like, this is literally just, like, kind of like a like a teenage girl take on a superhero. Yeah, the first episode does make you feel like that because it's just like they don't really explain anything about her powers, nothing like that. So it is kind of weird. It feels like it's like trying to be a ripoff. Yeah. But like in their its own kind of way. Yeah, but I also like what they did. Like the cinematography in it is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I like those little edits they did. Uh, 
I don't know if it's the fault in our stars that has the same kind of edits, but the one where it's like a like motion graphics while they're talking, but it's yeah. like instead of like words, it's like what they're talking about, like uh-huh. like pictures and motion graphics and like animated characters and shit like that. So yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, they definitely had need. I think they they could get away with doing a little bit more of that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. as far as like the third person narration or like the first person narration mm-hmm. of like what's going to go down, as far as like what the character themselves is thinking. Yeah. Right. Uh, I think that shit is kind of cool though, man. After I, I, I definitely warmed up to it. It yeah. took me until all the way at the end of the second episode to do it, but I did warm up to it. And normally I don't like pilot episodes anyway because they are slow and they're always just dull. Yeah, up. dude, they're, it's yeah. just always dull. Yeah. So it was hard for me to get convinced, but I, I do. I did enjoy it. Absolutely. Um, and but piggybacking off the Marvel thing, uh, Doctor Strange, the new movie. Oh, you have, you, have you seen it? Okay, so we're not going to make this a whole side note, but yes and no. Okay, Went okay. with a buddy, might or might not have uh, had a little blueberry before. <laughs> I did not partake in that kind of stuff. And legit, I knew I was going out after the first five minutes. And I woke up when the lights came back on. And I was like, oh, it must have been good. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, dude. But what did you think about it? I thought it was fucking fantastic, damn. Like honest uh, to God, it was man. A good like, movie. and since you since you're since you're a Marvel nerd, I'm not gonna like spoil anything. But the way and it shows it in the in the trailers anyway, so I know you know it's in there. Yeah. But I'm not gonna tell you who's in there. But okay. the the way they tie in the Illuminati mm-hmm. from like the it is different from the comics. It doesn't have the same members clearly. Okay. Because like for one, Iron Man died. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. So so they don't have the same members, but the members they got and the way they did it. Added up. Yeah, it is. Mm. It is so fucking awesome to see, especially since like the Spider-Man No Way Home kind of feeds into this Doctor Strange thing. Yeah, and even before that, even before the Spider-Man No Way Home, the WandaVision shit. Yeah, That's the WandaVision shit is crazy, and I didn't huh. expect. Once you actually sit down and watch the film, I will say I was completely surprised by who the villain actually is. Okay. Like, I, I know I should have seen it coming, but I didn't. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Kind, kind of shit. So, it, it, it was a pleasant surprise to see them kind of kind of have a kind of have a conflict that no one knew. Was, was Yeah, no one was... Because in the trailer, you know, they make it seem like there's this other person, mm-hmm. and it's, it's like a new villain, you know what I'm saying? Not yeah. anyone we've seen before. And I was like, all right, dude, this is a fucking bet. There's about to be, like, a galactic-sized battle go down, mm-hmm. like... I actually thought the the villain was going to be Galactus. That's who I thought it was going to be. Yeah, I saw like even some little chatter on the internet. About yeah, him. I thought it was going to be Galactus because like the multiverse, like you know what I'm saying. Or I thought it was going to. I would, it was either my two picks were Galactus or uh, fucking Kang what's the it? yeah Kang the Conqueror mm-hmm. because of the multiverse and the way he played into the Loki series after yeah. the TVA. You yeah. know, after they had found him, and I was like, oh shit. It's, it's got to be one of these two guys. And I'm still waiting on Galactus to be introduced. I feel like he'll be introduced he in one of the next coming up movies. Yeah. Uh, I think it'll take a minute for him to get there. Uh, because especially, I don't think Love and Thunder, Thor Love and Thunder coming out, I don't think that really has uh, yeah. anything to do with like the main story arc of the entire MCU as far as like, what is it, like Earth 838 or something like that? Uh, 616. 616, yeah. I don't think it has to do anything with like Earth 616. Instead, it has to do with like Thor and the... 
current Guardians team trying to find out who Thor is, especially yeah. after he lost everything with Ragnarok and his homeland and all that shit, and his mom and his dad and Loki's brother. Yeah. So. Yeah, I've heard they're looking at like introducing a new Fantastic Four. Oh, dude, and- if they do that too. Oh man, I, I wish I could say it, but I can't because you haven't seen it. But like, the casting is fantastic. Okay, okay. The casting is so fucking good. Well, if they stick with him, I don't know. Have they said that they're going to stick with him? I don't know, but I know he's directing it, so he probably is okay, going to he, be. Yeah, in the film. that would because that honestly would be the best pick, in my opinion. I don't. Yeah, I don't think there's anyone else they can get to play. But I'm curious as to see who they get to play the flame. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I heard Chris Evans would like to reprise that role, but I also know Marvel has a rule to yeah. where if you actually if you don't wear makeup, you can't play another character. So like the only way the what's his name? They got to play it, uh, Moon Knight. Mm. What's his um, damn name? I know who you're talking. Crap. I'm, I'm gonna look that up real quick. But the dude that played Moon Knight, mm-hmm. the only he's actually played in two other Marvel series before. I didn't realize that. So okay. he played. Uh, do you remember in? Uh, let's see. Do you remember the first Guardians of the uh, Galaxy movie? Uh-huh. Where Star Lord was being goofy as fuck, and he had like a little dance off with his like with that like dude. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That mm. was uh, o- Oscar Isaac. Oscar Isaac. Oscar Isaac. Wait, yeah. that was it? That was Oscar Isaac. Mm-hmm. What the Yes, hell? dude. Yeah. That was Oscar Isaac. And he actually he voiced something in an animated series that actually is canon to the MCU. Okay. Yeah. As far as like the animated series and the comics go. So he did voice another character as well. Yeah. So he's kind of been the only one to get away with that. In a way, yeah. Uh, the only other person I could see getting away with that is probably Dave Bautista because he is in all that makeup yeah. as uh, as oh damn something to destroy. Uh, Drax. Yeah, Drax, Drax, yeah, Drax the Destroyer. So I feel like he's the only other person that could get away with it. Um, but I wouldn't be mad to see Chris Evans reprise his role as as the Human Torch, the Flame. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. It's. I feel like there are a lot of actors that could play that role. I feel like James Franco would be a good good pick for the role too, but in light of his association with Amber Heard cheating on Johnny Depp, that might be a little yeah, little yeah. Uh, little steep wish to yeah. come by. Um, I also don't know who they'd get to play Miss Invisible or. Yeah, or the the rock guy. What's his fucking name? The Incredible, or not the Incredible, but the Thing. Yeah, yeah the, the thing. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know who they would get to play those, um, but I'm excited to see who they cast because Loki. Mar- like I've never been disappointed by like an actual Marvel Studios casting. Yeah, I know, right? The only castings I've been disappointed in are the people that take Marvel movie, like Sony. Yeah. Like Andrew Garfield was a good Spider-Man, and I think he even did. I think he kind of uh, revived himself a little bit and put himself in a position to where if they were to make another amazing Spider-Man movie, he, he'd be able to do it. Because the No Way Home thing where the other two universes, Peter Parker's, are you know connected and all that stuff. They meet Tom Holland's Peter Parker. Yeah. Uh, I think Tom Holland and... Um, what's his name? Toby. Toby Maguire. Yeah. They did an amazing job. But I really think... The thing that stole the show for me was seeing Andrew Garfield come in, and he seemed like a new person. Like, 
and yeah. the, like he just seemed like a new person like it was such a refreshing kind of kind of like thing to see like you could clearly see he had been doing better in life mm-hmm. too mm-hmm. and all the all the like all the hype build up too like he just completely lied to everybody that asked him about it like no I'm not in the new Spider-Man movie no Tobey Maguire's not in the new Spider-Man movie if we were in it you would know by now yeah but no we wouldn't dude it's it's fucking Marvel it's, it, it was their biggest movie since yeah dude it was their biggest movie since Endgame arguably the biggest movie since Endgame and shit like that just doesn't get leaked you know what I'm saying so exactly. like there's a bunch of contracts and legalities, and if someone does leak that, they're either getting sued, fired, or both. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, yeah. it's, you gotta tread lightly on that thin ice right there. Yeah. Um, Dylan, I know you're big into the DCEU, and also I know you are too. I don't really watch a lot of it, but as far as, like, the trailers I've been seeing, uh, the She-Hulk, well, She-Hulk's Marvel, but I will say, before we get into the DCEU stuff, She-Hulk, um... I don't know how to feel about it. only because I'm gonna say yeah. the same thing everyone's been saying. The CGI in the trailers looks absolutely atrocious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I think they they're probably revisiting that a little bit after they got <laughs> after they yeah, got that the criticism. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. So I think they're gonna have to revisit that. But I'm actually kind of excited mm-hmm. to see where it goes because I did like the comics. Mm-hmm. The She-Hulk comics were pretty entertaining to read. Um, but yeah, into the DCEU stuff. I know you guys are big into that. Dylan, you actually got me kind of invested. Uh, I've seen a couple episodes of The Flash, and I want to go and revisit everything. Uh, but I know there's a fuckload to, to revisit. There's yes, Supergirl, sir. there's Arrow, there's fucking... Well, all the, the thing about all the DC shows is pretty much all of them tie into each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's four shows specifically that tie into each other, and they have crossovers pretty much every season. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, it's normally like a four-part crossover, and there's one episode for the crossover on each series. That's wild. So and so you've got Green Arrow, you've got The Flash, you've got Supergirl, and then you've got uh, Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah, that that one too. That one too. Uh, Legends of Tomorrow, I think they're done making it now. I think it's over. Uh, unless they come out with a new season, which I don't think they will. Uh, but Flash, they're still coming out with. They're still keeping that one up. And it's still just as good as it was, you know, when it started. Um, yeah, I've heard that show has a really good amount of longevity. Yeah. Like, it, you won't be disappointed in any season that you watch. Kind no, of it, like, it feels like the same old, same old, because it's like another superhero story. Oh, it's the Flash, she's super fast. But, like, the way they do it and everything that happens in the show, they, they do really well with it and keeping up a good storyline even throughout seven seasons. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, storyline changes little bits here and there throughout different seasons, but the main premise is basically still the same, you know, because it is a superhero movie, a superhero show at the end of the day. Yeah, that good guy, bad guy kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah, exactly. And speaking of DCEU, can we just talk about a couple of things regarding that as well? Urza Miller finally, I'm pretty sure, is no longer going to be The Flash. Yeah, Ezra Miller. Wow. Yeah, because I don't know if you saw, but, like, he actually, he's been having a hard time ever since he got the role because even before this, I would I would kind of go on a limb and say he had been a pretentious person because he is a good actor. Yes. So he yeah. is a very he seems like a very pretentious kind of dickheadish person. Mm-hmm. And so I think once he got the role of the Flash in the DCEU and had a bunch of blockbuster movies like superhero movies, um, <clears throat> that kind of got to his head a little bit more I think. And I heard I saw a couple headlines where like. 
here and there he would get uh, accused of sexual assault and like <clears throat> there this the most recent article that I had read said he actually is guilty of assaulting a couple at a nightclub. Oh shit. Yeah. And so DCEU didn't really like that too much. And they were like, yeah, you know what? It's probably, I think it's about time. I part think it's, ways. yeah, I think yeah. it's about that time we part ways. We're just going to have to find someone to reprise the role. And that, that brings me back to what you said earlier, Austin, about the Barry Allen. I hope they get, <laughs> I the hope they, yeah, dude, I hope they fucking open their eyes and realize what the fans want mm-hmm. as far as recasting that role. Yeah, out of any superhero, like, TV show, The mm-hmm. Flash is by far, like, the best one I've seen, like, People get hooked, dude. I've got so many buddies, and I remember just casually hanging out, and I was like, damn, y'all are still watching The Flash? And they'd be like, yeah, it's like season four or something. <laughs> I'm like, oh, it didn't, like, tank? Like, most of those shows yeah. kind of fold, and it seems like, I don't know, those people that watch it are just behind it 100%. So, yeah. Yeah. Man, I don't think they'll use the same Flash uh, for... The Justice League, because technically the Flash that's in the Justice League is not Barry Allen. You are right too. Yeah, that, yeah. that is a good point to make. So that's why they can't because use they, they opened say, up that multiverse thing too. Yeah, a lot of people said, you know, why can't you use you know Barry this Barry Allen Flash? He's a good actor. Yes, he's a great actor. He does amazing in the show. But they can't do that because technically Barry Allen isn't part of the Justice League. Yeah. Okay. That does make sense. Yeah. I completely forgot they had their own like multiversal thing going yeah, on. Yeah, Jay Garrick was the one. Jay Garrick. Yeah. Jay Garrick was the one, and then Wally West ends up being a part of the Justice League later on. That, okay. Yeah, that was yeah. Kid that, Flash or something. Uh, or? No, that, Kid Flash was completely separate as well. Wow. Kid Flash was not Wally West. It's like fucking Robins. I didn't know they were that big. Yeah, dude. That, yeah. There, there's so many different variants of Flash. It's crazy. Yeah. Like the Reverse Flash. When and like I saw that episode where people he came think in, Reverse Flash and Zoom are the same. Person. They're not the they're same not. person. They're, yeah. they're different as well. So it's just crazy how many differences there are. Yeah. And then, can we talk about how this? You might get it when I drop this hint, but how the hierarchy of power in the DCU is about to shift. What am I referring to when I say that? That's, I'm wondering what you're hinting towards. I mean, it's a direct quote from Dwayne the Rock Johnson for the Black Adam project. Oh my gosh, I forgot all about it. Yeah, man, yeah. that shit Black is Adam. gonna be sick. I am so yeah, excited. Yeah, because honestly, Shazam, they did really well with. I don't know if you. I was that. very surprised with what they did with Shazam. It was they kinda, kept it funny. Yeah, it was like very funny, lighthearted. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's still funny at the same time. But then they they kept the action looking good. Yeah, they, I think they did really well with Shazam. I think that works as an origin story too. Like kid, like in in a metro metropolitan city, getting bullied. He mm-hmm. finds his way on a subway, and then all of a sudden some shit happens. Finds his way to like this grand wizard, like yeah, like some old ass wizard. And I love the casting for that wizard too. Uh, I don't I don't know his name, but he played in a like Never Back Down. He's played in a couple other movies that I've seen, but he he he's a solid solid actor. Um, and I like the way they like kind of had him like test out his powers. He kind of had that like kiddish curiosity yeah. in a grown man's body. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like when they were in the warehouse and he like punched through a fucking uh, a, a brick column. And he was like, I have super strength. Like yeah, dude. Like that shit was crazy. And he was like, Can you fly? And then, like, they went to the skate park on that half pipe, and he, like, 
flew 25 feet or so in the air and like plummeted back down like that shit was I, th- yeah, I think they, they actually gave really like a kid's reaction not yeah. an adult's reaction yeah. yeah and so you know it just it played into it better yeah, I, I think it did yeah. I think it did but I'm excited to see what fucking Black Adam does man yeah Black Adam's gonna be interesting you know and fucking Dwayne The Rock Johnson who better to play that motherfucking role yeah like you need someone larger than life to play a larger than life role how about you get someone that's literally physically and like on a social level completely larger than life yeah yeah Yeah. and the man has his own character in Fortnite facts like facts and yeah, a lot of even people in don't the comics realize. And everything. Yeah, I was about to say a lot of people so don't realize. So technically, now The Rock is in Marvel, Marvel and DC. DC. Yeah, because Gosh. the reason his character was introduced in Marvel or in Fortnite was because it's a Marvel crossover for their comic uh, Zero Wars. Yeah, and all that. So yeah. And once I found that out, that was kind of astonishing because that made sense as to why they were putting all these Marvel characters in the game, like the Avengers and yeah, Spider Man, Doctor Strange, yeah, all yeah. that stuff. Like I think that's kind of cool though, for real. So, the Rock is officially about to be the only person who has a superhero in both Marvel and DC. I think that's wild, man. That's even wild. though he's technically not a superhero in in Marvel in Marvel's universe that he's in. He kind of just made his way from the Fortnite universe to Marvel. Yeah, he's kind of just a badass in there. Yeah, but, but I, I would consider him a hero because, like, if you take into account like what happened in the Fortnite storyline, yeah. like. He, know, he like, like they did, they him did and his him a team. Statue. Yeah, him and his team saved the damn like quote unquote world in Fortnite. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, I think that was pretty lit. Blue, red, Republican, Democrat. I don't care when he's done with this role. Please run for president. president. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Please run for Joe president. Joe Rogan as your vice president. That would be. That would actually. Yeah. That would actually be a fucking a good pairing. I feel like I feel like we're going toward the point in our country though we're more like. Um, more movie stars and businessmen and shit like that are going to seriously be considering running for politics and, yeah. and uh, like higher roles in politics too, like yeah. Secretary of you know the United States Think or about, like VP. Schwarzenegger and mm-hmm. Reagan. Yeah, dude. Dwayne Johnson has it in the bag right now. Like, I'm I just really hope that he doesn't limit himself to only being like a governor, like Schwarzenegger did. I feel like that was a good thing for Schwarzenegger, but I also feel like. He did that just solely based off of what he could get out of it. You know what yeah, I'm saying? As yeah. far as like status and um, privileges, certain privileges, you know, that governors have. Yeah. Because like, there was a lot of stuff going on with like the Californian economy that wasn't like 100%. I mean, no governor ever has a 100%, exactly. but like, he clearly wasn't meant to be a politician. You know I'm what I'm saying? You. Like. Yeah. It, that's yeah. That's kind of, it's kind of weird to think about that. Like, yeah. holy shit, Arnold Schwarzenegger was a governor of California for quite a long time too. Like for yeah, not, a few not terms. Yeah, right? like not like just one term or like a couple years. Like yeah, like a considerable amount of time. Yeah, but I think we're gonna get to the point where like, like I've seen a bunch of people on Twitter, like a bunch of fucking Kanye fans and a bunch of Elon Musk fans, and like. I'm not gonna lie, dude. I'm I'm not gonna lie. I was one of those people that went into the voting box, like the ballot box, this this past election, and I was like, I have a choice to vote for shit. I have a choice to vote for worse shit. Like here's here's horse shit and here's cow shit. I'd rather not have either of those. Yeah. So I'm not gonna flex to you guys. I fucking wrote Kanye West's name on the ballot. <laughs> I wrote Kanye West's name on the ballot. And some people here in this might get, oh, that's a wasted vote. That's a wasted vote. Why? Well, if they wanted to. 
all of our votes would be null and void. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of like lit- like political signs as to why not every ver- person's vote counts in the first place anyway. Gerrymandering. Yeah, like yeah. gerrymandering. Yeah. You got lobbyists. You got and the electoral college is a big part of that too. You know what I'm saying? Welcome so, to Alabama. You're voting red, whether you vote like blue yeah, or not. whether you vote blue or not in Alabama, and even most red states, you're still gonna vote like you're still gonna vote red. Like like Georgia now is considered a swing state because they voted Democrat this past election. Mm-hmm. Even their local elections, they voted Democrat. So yeah. they're considered now a swing state. Um, now I know other swing states; they've been voting red for the past two elections, um, but that doesn't mean they didn't have a high Democrat turnout. Like, if yeah. I'm not mistaken, like some swing states, they actually had a higher Democrat turnout, but because the electoral college worked a certain way, they got majority of the votes yeah. on the red side. Yeah. So it's kind of just wild to see that. But I think, I think we'll get to a point where you know more. People in Hollywood and show business and businessmen, mm-hmm. like I wouldn't be surprised if fucking Mark Cuban ran <laughs> ran for president, bro, or like up, yeah, dude, like vice president or something. Yeah. But yeah, dude, I could get behind Dwayne the Rock Johnson and Joe Rogan. I mean, look, even if it means that we're in like. Not a communist, but what am I trying to think of? Italy wasn't communist uh, oh. with Mussolini. It was a... Like a socialism fascist type thing? Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we might all be waking up at 5 o'clock in the morning to get on the Stairmaster, but it's going to improve <laughs> the United States. He's a Stairmaster, dude. <laughs> He's really out here doing it, though. He said, no more childhood obesity. Yeah, No more childhood now. obesity. <laughs> that's funny, and if... If Joe Rogan does ever get in politics, which I doubt he ever will because I don't think he yeah. wants to, but if he ever does, the amount of, like, psychedelics that will be able to be used for, like, therapeutic and, like, actual oh, yeah. medicinal purposes. Because he's, like, you watch his podcast, he's big on that shit. Like, he yeah. smoked weed and dropped shrooms on that podcast many times before, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. and even on other podcasts, like, uh, I think his name's, I don't, I don't even want to say the wrong name, but... Enough. The comedian, I think his name's like Andrew Schultz or whatever. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, he was on his podcast recently, and like he had brought a like fat ass blunt, mm-hmm. and he he was talking to everybody about it. And there's this one dude, I forgot his name, a comedian that didn't really smoke, but he was like, "No, you're gonna fucking smoke, bro." Like, like, open your third eye, bro. Like, and then the dude was like, I feel like you're pressuring me right now. He's like, I'm most definitely pressuring you right now. <laughs> I'm most definitely pressuring you right now. Uh, but yeah, dude, I think I think that would be kind of fucking wild. I would definitely vote for them, though, dude. Yeah. Like, they got my vote. If they ever run, like, regardless of who Dwayne Rock Johnson's VP candidate is, I'm voting. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm voting for that, man. Yeah. Um, well, uh, just a heads up, this is not a political podcast. We're not ever going to be serious about anything. No, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We do have our opinions, but... You'll get... Yeah, we'll, we'll do, we do have our opinions, but as far as this being, like, like a Joe Rogan-type podcast, that's a... Yeah, no. We should no. crack jokes every once in a while. Yeah. Keep it lighthearted. Keep but it fun. Moving on, there was something big that happened in the sports world a couple of days ago, and that's the NBA draft. What do you think, man? I'm I'm afraid of Golden State. I saw that six foot ten kid. Yeah, they, they got, got another fucking like he's gonna I feel like he's gonna play the role of a true center. But he can drain threes. Yeah, I know, and that's yeah. the scary part about it, dude. They got like another fucking like, Dirk Nowitzki wasn't good at the three as, I don't think as good as this kid is going to be, but yeah. I feel like he's going to be a Dirk Nowitzki-esque type player. Yeah, you know not what as I'm much saying? of a back to the basket, yeah, but, but more like, of like a point 
forward. But yeah, like he has got like handles of a point guard, and yeah. he's got the fucking three ball of a of a shooting guard, and like he's got the size of a fucking five. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like, mm-hmm. and I know he's gonna get rebounds. Like that's a given. Like any person that's fucking six ten, you stick someone that's six six or. Six five, even six seven, six eight. They're like Draymond at the five, as it is. You yeah, know, dude. Like, like, and Draymond just goes down there and muscles people, dude. So like, imagine with that six. To, once he gets a little bit of weight on him, like that NBA weight, like what they out. did to Giannis. Yeah. Type shit. Like Giannis was a twig before he came to the league, and then they bulked that man up, and he is a scary individual. Monster. Yeah, freak dude. Like nature. Literally the Greek freak. Like yeah. Like there's no other way to put it. Like you see him, and you're just like, wow, that is fucking. Like this should be an atrocity, but it's it's a marvel of science, <laughs> like yeah, like to, sports science. Guys like him and Kevin Durant, like, yeah. I've always thought, and not that I hope that this would happen, but early in KD's career, I was like, "Ooh, don't roll your ankle, your knee, like everything." As he went into the lane, yeah, dude. And I had the same thought about Giannis, but then when he came out, like. Two years later, and what, an extra 60 pounds on his frame? Literally yeah. extra, like, like, 40 to 60 pounds. Yeah, you're good, dude. I'm not worried about you anymore. Like, you have filled out, and I'm not afraid of every step that you take. Yeah, dude, like, because like, it is, like, it is kind of harrowing a little bit to see, like, certain players when they first get in the league, like Zion. Yeah. Because, and he didn't have the same problem, actually, that most of these motherfuckers have, where he's got to bulk up. He actually had to lose weight. The opposite. Because, yeah. like... Even though he wasn't the tallest player, he was still the heaviest player in the league when he got drafted. Yeah. And that's fucking wild because that dude had a 40, like, 6-inch vertical. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's, like, 6'8 or some shit and, like, fucking 270 with a 46-inch vert. Yeah. Charles Barkley 2.0. Yeah, dude. Like, <laughs> it is fucking ridiculous that that, that literally, like... If there was a if there was another like nickname like the Greek freak that we could apply to Zion like that shit would be I don't even know what bro it like a monster like we should yeah. call him the Hulk for real <laughs> yeah, freaking one of the actual monsters yeah monster <laughs> yeah I'm pretty sure he was the orange guy I'm not sure but he looked like him. like just saying he did he did kind of look like yeah the same yeah. build and like little same wow. head shape and everything as well. <laughs> What do you think about Damian Lillard trying to recruit uh, Kevin Durant? I actually like that move. It's smart for Portland. Brooklyn is going nowhere. I knew that shit was going to happen once I saw the reports a couple years ago. Yeah. Well, even when I saw the reports a couple years ago that Kyrie, Katie, and James Harden were going to be on the same team, Mm -hmm. I was like, that shit's not going to work. You got three of the best ISO players on the league. Yeah, ball in hand. Yeah, they're not team players. KD can be. He can facilitate the ball. Mm -hmm. Don't get me wrong. He has court vision, and so can James Harden and Kyrie. But when you got three huge ass personalities like that, like, and you got to think KD was fresh off two rings with the Warriors and and MVPs, right? So he already had a standard of let's go get a chip. Mm -hmm. And I feel like once Kyrie got that chip with the Cavs and LeBron, he kind of let yeah he kind of let himself slip. He got content and also got ego about him. Yeah. And like I, I like in the past two years with the Brooklyn Nets, he he's only played like half, if that, of their games or some shit like that. Yeah, like sixty seventy percent of their games. And I wasn't in favor of their policy for COVID. Like I wish he could have played every game. I think he would have. If he could have, I know he would have. But yeah, it, it's a liability at the end of the day. You yeah, know, whether you agree mm-hmm. with it or not. Um, 
I think it would be dope to see KD up there if Kyrie is leaving for sure. And I don't know where that is. L.A. If I heard that the Lakers, the Miami Heat, uh, Oklahoma City might try to get him. I doubt he'll go there because they don't really have another person they could put around him to help him out. They do have a lot of young talent, don't get me wrong. And in a couple of years, they'll be solid as fuck. Yeah. But right now, I don't think that's a move for Kyrie. And honestly, dude, I don't think the Lakers are going to acquire him just because, number one, Pain they yeah they broke like 46. They, yeah, they might not have the cap space. <clears throat> and Kyrie might really not want to play with LeBron again. Like, because when you got to think, when you play with LeBron, like, they call him lay GM for a reason. Like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, whatever team he owns, he's on, he, he's running that shit. Yeah, player, coach, play, Yeah, on everything I love, he's running that shit. So, we'll just have to see where he goes. But I do like KD to Portland. I think that's smart as fuck yeah. for the Portland Trailblazers. Absolutely. They can't afford to lose Damian Lillard. No. He's their franchise player. He's been their franchise player. He's clearly proven to you he can get you through the playoffs. He might not be able to get you to a finals appearance, but he can get you pretty damn deep into the playoffs by himself. Yeah. You know Absolutely. what I'm saying? Throw KD in that mix with him. And it's over with. It's over with. Because they also have pretty solid big men down low. Mm-hmm. You know, if yeah. Dame's running true point mm-hmm. and facilitating the ball to KD like he needs to be, there's another threat out on the court. You know, sometimes they'll double KD on coverages, which means Dame could go off for still still go off for 30 to 50 points some nights. Yeah. KD's going to be that kind of guy where, you know, he's going to be sitting at the three line waiting for Damian Lillard to get doubled up, coverages to pop switch. Yeah, pop it out real quick, drain a three, drive to the basket because he's long as fuck. So I think it's smart. For real. And they have the cap space. I know they have the cap space. Yeah. Like, because if I'm not mistaken, most of their team is pretty young considering. Yep. I mean, Dan like what's been going on. Head. Yeah. Like, he's yeah. he's the vet. Like, he's the guy at that. Even in the front office, like, he's that guy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I don't think he pulls strings as much as other players do on other, other teams as far as, like, being their franchise players. But I think it's solid. I think that's a solid move. That's a good-ass point to bring up, too. Yeah. Very good point to bring up because trading's about to start happening yeah. way more. Well, especially now that the season's over, trades are about to go through, and this, this offseason's going to be crazy. Crazy as fuck to yeah, watch. Yeah, I'm excited to see what's going to happen when this new season starts up. Yeah, I'm excited to see what's going to happen with the Lakers because they do have a new head coach. And if you've been yeah. like paying, like watching this, like interviews and stuff like that preseason, Westbrook, Westbrook, yeah, man, like that's that. the big thing right there. Is because Westbrook really, the past two or three years, dude, he just ain't been it. Everybody calls him the triple double king, but like, he hasn't averaged a triple double since he's like left OKC. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like he can still put up numbers if he wants to when he gets in his bag, but right now, how often is he getting in his bag? Yeah, and if it's not that often, then that's kind of a problem because you're forking out a shitload of money for this guy who's not putting up the numbers you expect. And I agree with him too. If Westbrook would just play a little bit of damn defense, yeah, like, yeah. and I'm not saying he doesn't play it at all, but like, just be a little more aggressive, be a dog like they need you to be, mm-hmm. like, because you're athletic, you're explosive, still have it somehow. Yeah, like <laughs> I don't like you see him dunk every now and then. You're like, I know it's in there. Why the fuck are you holding it? Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And it's kind of frustrating as a Lakers fan for me to sit there and watch that. And it's like we could trade you away in a fucking heartbeat. And I don't know why LeBron actually hadn't thought of that. Well, who's gonna take 
that much money on a contract that after too. seeing what he's put out. That you know? too, man. Yeah. Like it's 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 a liability. Yeah, what Kyrie's do like thirty eight and Westbrook's at like forty six, mm-hmm. you know? Like, Who would you rather have? And then you gotta worry about if you do go to trade them, what team's gonna have the money to put forth to pick up that contract. And I feel like the Miami Heat is facing that same problem with Duncan Robinson. They yeah. just gave that man a year ago or two years ago ninety million dollars. Yeah. yeah. Ninety million yeah. dollars, bro. I didn't realize that. Yeah, and it's yeah. because he is one of their best three point shooters. Yeah. He facilitates yeah. the ball, he's got great court vision. Yeah, but the, and if it. you notice though, in these past play in this playoffs that just recently happened, he played maybe like five to fifteen minutes each series. Each series out of seven games. Yeah, five to fifteen minutes. And it's because his defense is lacking. Oh, just a liability. Yeah, on yep. defense, he's a liability, man. Mm. They can't really afford to keep him in there for more than a couple of possessions to go knock down some shots. And so it's it's kind of hard because I, I love Duncan Robinson as a player. Yeah. I think he's a good fit for the Heat. I just think before they think about trading him away, they should think about his player development first. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, big time. But we'll just have to see how this offseason plays out for the NBA. Um but speaking of off-seasons, I know it's the off-season for the NFL, and I know my good friend sitting across the table, Austin, I know you are. <laughs> I know you're ready, man. That's Cy right there. I know you're ready to see. What do you think is going to go down, man? Um, well, I don't want to make any, like, crazy accusations or claims, but Lamar Jackson's going to get his first Super Bowl. The running back core is going to stay healthy. Oh, shit. Um, no, I'm really looking forward, I think, it's about as evenly competitive as we've ever seen. Like, across the board, you've got Brady back in Tampa. Who knows what's going on at San Fran right now? You know, San Francisco I mean? is a wild case. Is the Dolphins sh- altogether? Exactly. Their whole team, they've got like a whole upgraded team in the offseason. Yeah. yeah. Is Deshaun going to be able to play at all this year? Because if so, the AFC North is a bunch of bruisers. You've got the Bengals, who just made the Super Bowl, Ravens, Browns with Watson and Amari Cooper. You That's know deadly. I mean? yeah, that, that would be deadly. And let this rookie for Pittsburgh do okay. The defense is locked down. The receiving core is nasty. You've got Najee Harris. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I just, I, I'm looking forward to it, but it, it's crazy, man. Um, as far as my fantasy football drafts, you know, like, yeah. I'm really looking forward to it. A lot of uh, new faces and new places. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, same here, too, because, like, uh, have they already had their draft yet? Yeah, yes or no? What fantasy wise? No, the uh, NFL. Yes, yes. Um, they've gone through, and there's some good rookies that wound up at some places. Yeah, and I know there were some actually. There were some breakout stars last year, like uh, the Colts running back. What was his name? Uh, Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor. Taylor yep. That man in fantasy racked up points for me, and then I traded him away. I traded him what? away. Yeah, dude. You had because the crowd jewel. It, well, it's because it was at the beginning of the season. And he had put up some decent numbers, and, and I was like, slump. yeah, he hit that slump, and I was like, oh, fuck, dude. I knew the Colts were going to be ass. There's no point in keeping this man because their offensive line just can't hold. And then somehow their offensive line started started hitting right again, and Jonathan mm-hmm. Taylor, you know, whether it be up the seam, up the middle, or bouncing it to the outside, that man has jets. And he let the world know that he's something to watch out for. So I'm going to – he's crazy. definitely on my draft watch list. If he doesn't get picked, I'm going to have to pick him up. Uh, and as far as like other other stars that emerged, um, as far as defense goes, 
I know you don't really draft defensive players, but like as far as def- like team defense yeah, goes, I'm like you said, them. the Steelers. Oh yeah, that. Yeah. Ooh, Absolutely. that defense is crazy. I'm hoping the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense is going to be as solid as it has been the past few years. Yeah. Uh, San Fran's San Francisco 49ers always Consistent. got a decent defense. Like yeah. you can never go wrong with them. Dallas is looking. Nice, that was man. a that was a pleasant surprise, but mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. They need to do something about Dak, man. Yeah. Dak Prescott is just not it. I'm going to go on record and say right now that I feel like Dak Prescott is the Russell Westbrook of the NFL. I said it. <laughs> okay, okay. I said it. I, I, I added stats. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Like a little bit of inflated stats. You know what I'm saying? Hasn't really done anything in the playoffs or the postseason to warrant the amount of attention and money okay. he's getting because he's getting a lucrative amount of money. Yeah. yeah. Like. And he hasn't made it that far into the playoffs, even close to a Super Bowl. I have not heard that take yet, but that's not a bad take. I know, right? Like, it kind of does make sense. And I know Dylan over there, DJ Big Dooley, you won the crown last year in our NFL Fantasy League. I did. I did. I know I'm going to have some competition this year. I know Austin wants in here. And so everybody's going to... Come it up for y'all. Last year was my first year. So last year was my first year playing fantasy for real, for real. I played one season before. Uh, I played one season before with like Austin and the rest of the boys down in Pensacola whenever they were still up here. But as far as that, like I just dicked around that season because we didn't have any money on the line or anything. But when you got like $50 on the line because everybody threw in a $5 bill, yeah, you you start watching your analytics and your statistics a little bit from game to game. So now that I know, and also the waiver wire. That shit was confusing as fuck for me to learn how to work, bro. Uh, yeah, if you lose, you get first pick. And then if you start person. winning, you get like less picks and all that shit. So that shit was kind of confusing for me to learn how to work. Um, I'm going to be real with you, bro. Philip Frazier, if you're watching, if you're listening and watching this podcast right now, I don't know how you didn't get last place with an auto-drafted team. Auto-drafted. You barely made any moves the whole season. This motherfucker had like a break-even record. And I I had a damn good drafted team, man. But I just I didn't learn how to work the waiver wire fast enough, and that fucked me over. And I ended up fighting against Myra uh, for last place. <laughs> like, fighting against Myra. <laughs> Fighting against Myra for last place, so it was it was entertaining. Thankfully, I didn't lose, so I don't have to take that ice bath. Um, but I didn't win either, so I'm not getting the fifty dollar pot. Speaking of which, remind me to pay you your five dollar winning after I get paid this Thursday. Don't let me forget. Um, but yeah, hopefully I can stand a little bit better chance. Maybe finish top five since we're having ten people yeah, in this make league. The playoffs. Yeah, yeah, make the playoffs. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So. We'll see though. We'll see because I know I know you and you right here, the two two guys, motherfuckers sitting across oh, from me. Yeah. Like, it's gonna be a little bit of a threat. Yeah, me and a little have, bit, a lot of it. <laughs> Austin have been in a couple leagues together. We we've duked it out before. We can do it again. I mean, I would talk shit about being a previous champ and making the finals the next year, but that was uh, me riding Todd Gurley's coattails. Oh yeah, Todd Gurley. Yeah, out. Todd Gurley mm-hmm. before his knee injury was the truth. Yeah. My team was like decent outside of that, but like no lie, I won the championship with like a forty-year-old Philip Rivers and like. Hey, but Philip Rivers kind of raw though, bro. On certain weeks, you know, but like there were guys with Patrick Mahomes throwing up forty points. I'm like, huh, Todd Gurley's got forty-five. <laughs> like, um, well, y'all, I hate to ask again, but my little bladder's full. So <laughs> intermission, elevator music, cue. Twenty minutes later. Back in action.
We're back. All right, back from another little intermission. Alrighty, y'all. Well, um, good shout out on the new fantasy league. I'm really looking forward to that. Absolutely, absolutely, man. Yeah, appreciate it. Um, so y'all, we're gonna start to close it down. But before we go, um, like we said at the jump of this thing, the main focus of this podcast is highlighting, promoting um, local artists from the two five six. Um, so if you guys would like to share a little bit about um, what we've got right now in the news as far as the local industry. Well, I guess we could tell you like, who all we're, you know, we're working with around here. You know, yeah, what kind of artists to look out for. Um, you know, we've mentioned a few already. We mentioned, you know, Onyx Core went himself over here across the table. Uh, his band, uh, separate from his uh, single music. Uh, which is the Sunshine Sunshine Crooners. Uh, then we've got Giles Smith, uh, our good buddy King Hundo, and then we've got so we've got Kid Kent, which is on Jay's newest single. Yeah, he killed that shit. I am so thankful he he dropped some he dropped some well needed uh, well needed lyricism for me that day, and I'm thankful. Thank you, Kid Kent, if you're hearing this and watching this. I probably I already know you probably are, so I appreciate you, man. Much love. Uh, much love to Cutler Studios, Dalton Cutler. I appreciate you, man. Not gatekeeping anything, not you know holding out on me. You gave me your 100% and 10% best. Uh, I really appreciate that, man, and, and all your advice given me um, while I produce the instrumental and then send it over to you to engineer it. I appreciate all that advice, man. Much love. Uh, Cutler excited Studios for is also who gave us this logo. Yes, for the T-shirts right here. TFS. TFS. Oh, this must be nice, man. I, I wouldn't know anything about that. You know, I'm just over here repping Dreamville, you know, as hard as I can. Hey, man, we'll get, we'll get you a TFS one soon. It's just a large, man. It's not a special size. <laughs> you know, we'll, yeah. get you, we'll get you one soon. Come on. Oh, well, every podcast until then, I'm going to have Death Row. I'm going to have like, Rock Nation. I'm going to have every other label. <sighs> now, and that's where we want to defer ourselves. We, we don't want to be known as, as a label. Okay. Um. Yeah, yeah, and the big thing about that too is um, labels. They they really are just like banks, you know, in the sense that when they sign an artist, they give them in advance, and they own their assets. And what what I mean by assets is like your um, uh, your creative liberties and your like your social media, your masters for your music. They own all that, mm-hmm. so they make their return off that. That's what they mean when you say when they say you know you got to pay that shit back. Yeah, you know, and and like J Cole said. Um, in his song 1985, uh, which was a actually it was a reply to I was it was it Little Pump? Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was a reply to Little Pump, and he was talking about how I got some good. His lyrics were I got some good advice, never quit touring because that's the way we eat up in this rap game. Yeah. And that's what that's what he was talking about, man. Labels will fuck you over on your streams. Labels will fuck you over on everything else except for your live shows and like your merch sales. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And like 21 Savage, I was watching an interview with him, and he was like, man, I own all my masters. 70% of the masters go to me. I make more money off my streams than I do my live shows. And that's a, he makes a shitload of money in his live shows. So yeah. that's, you know, that goes to show you. But, yeah, we don't own distribution. We don't own publishing. We don't own their masters. What we do is I'll produce for them, don't edit the music videos for them. Make and some then cover art. Make some cover art. You know, everything is commission-based around here. That's, that's the one thing, too, because we all understand, like, 
we're trying to get started we're not actually in the industry yet yeah. we are to a certain degree but definitely nowhere near what we what we what people envision when we say music industry we're not there yet yeah we are in the industry but we're not to the um Extent. the public knowledge like standard of the music industry like you got your drakes and your billy eilishes and like even your indie artists that are kind of smaller but they're in the industry because they get streams and millions of streams yeah. hundreds of thousands even but we're on the way there man um so it's just a productions company you know we just work very close hand in hand with the artists like dylan was saying um, yeah, when, when we work with somebody, man, we work with them because we like who they are as a person, not just the music they make. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we're not going to, we, we want to work with everybody that we can, but at the end of the day, you can't work with everybody. Yeah. Uh, so you have to pick and choose who you work with, and so we're trying to find the most dedicated people that are, you know, wanting to be a part of this, that want to do this, you know, that want the support from the other people around them, uh, like, and a couple more artists, you know, that you've been recording yourself, Jay, um, that, to be on the lookout for. M. Capone, Almighty Tay, you know, two separate artists we got in here. Uh, you recording them at two different times and then introducing them to each other. And now, now they got a song that you're working on together, together yeah. for them. Yeah, and that shit's going to bang too, man. Y'all keep on the lookout for M. Capone. Um, I know he's been performing live in Aniston. Yeah, for uh, Ricky Smiley. Ricky Smiley. Uh, very, very good promoter. Very good person. Ricky Smiley is a very good person. Um, loves M. Capone to death too, man. I have never seen or heard of Ricky Smiley acting the way he acts toward M. Capone with everyone else. Huh. Anybody else for that matter. Uh, so he's that, that guy's got something special, man. And like Dylan was saying, it's very important for us to like... We got to vibe with you first before we get into the work because if the if if our personal connection is not a vibe and we can't have a personal connection like that then the workflow is just not going to be there yeah but yeah if the vibes aren't there man the work i know the workflow is not going to be there as much as we want it to be so we really try to formulate a very personal connection with the artists that we work with um some more artists in the 256 area that you guys need to be aware of that are very prominent in the local scene. Uh, different, D-I-I-F-R-N-T. Mm-hmm. Uh, different is very solid. Uh, Dr. Spot, shout out to Dr. Spot. That man is on some other shit with his lyricism. Um, one of the best I've ever heard, to be honest with you. Even it, I would I would go as far to say if he went to a studio in L.A., he he would be up close to Kendrick's level. Wow. Yeah, like no no shit, no lying to you. Um, another upcoming artist to look out for is uh, I actually just recorded a song for him. It's gonna drop soon. It's called His name is Amari. Ah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so I, I forgot his actual artist name, but I think it's Young Prodigy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Prodigy. Young Prodigy, look out for him. That's, it, it, that, that's going to be a banger. You guys aren't expecting that. When I say his lyricism is unmatched, his lyricism is unmatched. And same with different, dude. They're just two different beasts. Mm-hmm. No pun intended, but they are just built different. Yeah, yeah dude. So, uh, another another prominent artist to look out for in this location is Chase Hurtado. Yes. Chase Hurtado. I love working with Chase Hurtado. He's a very cool guy, very humble guy. Um, his producer, Chris English, isn't it? Uh, Chris... Chris Voice. Chris Voice. Chris Voice is producer. Chris Voice, very, very talented individual. He's also an artist himself. Very gifted voice, uh, very gifted ear when it comes to all that stuff. Another prominent artist to look out for in this area is Spudrick. Shout out to Spudrick. I know he's on Twitch. Um, don't know his Twitch handle, but we'll probably put the link down below in this YouTube video. 
to uh, for you guys to go check him out. A uh, very talented guy, very funny guy too. Very, very yeah. like just super fucking down to earth, man. He's so cool. That man has a voice on him. Yeah, he does. Sing. He can sing his ass off. Super talented. And absolutely. from what Cutler has told us, his whole family's like that too. Yeah, so absolutely. I wouldn't be surprised if his sister got on a track with him here soon. Um, but yeah, man, a lot of stuff going on as far as the local scene is concerned, and. Eventually, you know, we'll stop being able to say local scene and just be like, you know, the scene. Yeah. The yeah. 256 scene. This is what's popping. We ain't local no more, baby. Yeah. Like, you know, we'll, we'll get there. But right now, that's that's what's happening. Yeah. That's what's happening. There's many more artists we work with as well that, we, you know, we're close with. We have ties with. Um, yeah, shout out to another one that's up and coming. The, uh, the Real Yeah Yeah 444. Yeah, yeah, if you're hearing this. Uh, you're doing great work, man. I love fucking recording you. You're a vibe. I've never met anyone like you, and that's not a bad thing, man. I, I fucking love working with you. You are talented as fuck. His lyricism, again, unparalleled lyricism. His storytelling is insane. I'm working on a song for him right now called Wedding Ring. That shit is going to absolutely bang. Uh, so be on the lookout for that as well. And all these artists you're talking about, you know, we're, at some point we're going to try to get them in here, get them on this podcast, you know. And ask them some questions, you know, figure out, you know, how they got to where they are now, what, what got them their love for the music, um, and just see what, what, you know, what answers they give us. Facts. And another producer I would like to shout out, another producer, is uh, Chandler Nation. Uh, he actually is the one who started producing my first stuff, and he's the one that's kind of helped me get into producing myself. Uh, so much love for that guy, Chandler. He produces all of Giles' stuff. Any instrumental you hear that Giles is on, there is a 99.9999% possibility Chandler is the brains and, and the machine behind that. He is absolutely crazy with it. Super talented. Uh, yeah, so shout-outs to him. Thank you, Chandler. Giles, is, Giles I think, is going to be our next guest uh, on the next episode. Yeah. He'll be looking, our fir- first official guest. Looking forward to that. Um, I know he's got a little EP dropping. Uh, I'm not going to say too much about it, but... Uh, all y'all got to know is it's fucking heat. <laughs> I, I'll let y'all wait until he gets on here to tell y'all a little bit more about it. Heat. <laughs> um, man, I'm honestly looking forward to getting to know some of these guys better. I've got the opportunity to hang out with Giles, super down-to-earth guy. I've loved a lot of the art that I've seen him put out. Um so definitely looking forward to the next interview with him. Um, but I, I'm in the best seat in the house. Y- y'all just work all freaking day to make this beautiful music and art. And I just get to sit back and, you know, shoot the shit and see what's going on behind the scenes, man. I'm yeah. really appreciative of being right here right now. No, man, I'm, I'm appreciative of you too, man, being able to you know kind of step up to the plate and kind of host this thing for us when we're a little too busy to kind of make ideas and and kind of formulate a plan as far as interviews go and shit like that i'm I'm thankful for you too bro i'm glad you're here anytime man um well before we cut out of here we've already kind of uh leaked that we're gonna have uh giles and chandler nation uh hopefully next week we're thinking drop another episode um uh, this one, this will be a little weird one. This first episode, uh, yeah, it's going up on this Tuesday. But then after that, uh, the next episode will go up next Tuesday. But from there on out, it'll be every other Tuesday. Every other Tuesday, okay. I like that. Um, so we fell a little behind this week. So this one, this one, we got too close together. 
but it's all good. Uh, we're going to get everything situated right. I mean, just wanted to make sure we get Giles in here before he drops his EP. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that way he could talk about that. Um, anything else you boys um, got? Well, the only thing I want to ask is as far as TFS in-house, you know, uh, we just mentioned Giles has the EP coming out here soon. Is there anything that we can be looking for from you guys? I know you just dropped a track. Yeah, man. Uh, like I said, Kent Kit's on it. Kid Kent is on it. Uh, produced by myself, TFS Productions, and Cutler Studios. Cutler Studios, thank you so much, my guy. You really, really, really helped me up my game with this. Um, I'm looking forward to doing more work with you in the future. A lot more work with you in the future, uh, if God sees fit. Um, and Kid Kent, you too, man. I appreciate you hopping on the track and brought you brought a different kind of energy. And you brought the exact energy that I was looking for. I'm getting the goosebumps right here just thinking about your verse. Like, deadass. I don't know if the camera can see it, but my hairs are standing up. Um, yeah, man, I, I enjoyed that the whole process working. Uh, Cutler, we got to have some FaceTime, man. I ain't seen you in a minute. So if you're listening to this, which I'm pretty sure you will be, go ahead and uh, let's, let's schedule something. Let's go grab a beer. You know, let's go grab some ribs from Cooter Browns. I don't know if you've ever had Cooter Browns, but they got the best ribs in Alabama. Yes, Cooter Browns, shout out to you guys. A 256 staple right there. <laughs> Um, but yeah, man, there's just a lot of shit to look out for. Uh, as far as our artists go, we and, have been uh, working, working on, working on a video right now for Giles. Yeah. Uh, working like crazy. Uh, that should be dropping. I think he's wanting to drop it on the first. Okay. Uh, so that should be coming up soon. Nice. That's uh, that. And that's going to bang, bro. I'm already knowing yeah. Grim Films, film production, TFS edit production, Grim Films, different. Thank you once again for collaborating with us on that. Uh, much love to you, my man. More work to come in the future. You know, we're hungry. We're hungry together. Let's not starve together, too. Um, but, yeah, man, a lot of just in-house shit going on as far as our artists go. Uh, Dylan actually just made a cover art for M. Capone. He's got a song that we recorded for him called On My Mama. Uh-huh. Uh, he's got kind of a... a kind of a 21 Savage vibe, but it's completely different. Yeah. I don't know how to explain it. It's just... I guess the tone of his voice makes me think 21 Savage, but his bars and his flow and, and his wordplay and his, even his storytelling with the new shit that I've been recording with him, um, which I'm not going to get too much into that, but just know that's heat. But, yeah, man, he, he's a one talented individual. Uh, Almighty Tay, like Dylan said earlier, he's been working with us for a minute now. He's about to have some stuff drop. He's probably about to come over and work on some arts with Dylan. Uh, as far as every other one, I know Yeah Yeah, I just sent him the master to one of his other songs, so that's going to be Heat. Uh, young Prodigy, Amari, I know you're listening, yes, so sir. I know he's about to drop some absolute heat. I'm, I'm, what I'm telling you, man, as far as like my production level is going, I feel like that's the best thing I've ever produced. It's not my beat or anything, but like lyrically I've, and vocally, I feel like that's the best thing I've ever produced, and I'm, I'm glad that we met. You know, and we've yeah. been texting back and forth today too a little bit, and he, Dylan, he's like so fucking thankful, man. And I like, he, he's like, man, I'm glad God blessed me with the opportunity to meet you guys, and I'm like, dude, I'm glad God blessed me with the opportunity to meet you, dude. Like, mm, yeah, he's you, like he yeah. is one of a kind person, man, just stand up guy. Uh, his, and it's it's what it's wild it's a philosophy on music, but I'll let him tell you about that when he interviews with us here soon. Yeah. But as far as uh, wrapping everything up in house, that's that's what we got going on. I I'm not gonna say too much. Don't want to give too much away. But uh, 
Dylan, I heard you were probably working live sound for a band here soon, though. You want to talk about that just real quick? Uh, yeah, I've been working with a band around here named Think Sanity. Shout out to Jack Vermouth uh, for the opportunities. You know, sometimes he calls me up whenever he needs me to, you know, help run sound for him. Got absolutely no problem doing that for him, doing that for anybody that we work with. Um, you know, I love the people that we work with. Absolutely enjoy doing everything that I do with them. You know, everybody's good people. Everybody's good on their word with, with shit. You know what I mean? Never have to worry about anything. Heck yeah. Always a good time when Jack comes through. Always a good time. Absolutely. But yeah, man, that's about that's about the gist of what we got going on without giving too much of it away. Well, with that being said, um, if you guys have made it this far, we appreciate you spending the time uh, listening in and having a little bit of fun with us, sticking around and kind of introducing ourselves, what we're looking to establish here. Um and look forward to the next episode like we said coming out next week um and i guess until then we're signing out tfs from the 256 thank you again very much we are available on spotify youtube well it's gonna mainly it's gonna be youtube at first uh probably be on facebook we're we'll gonna try to get on Spotify, uh-huh. our heart radio podcast. Okay. Uh, pretty much anywhere you can listen to your podcast, we're definitely trying to get on there and get everything situated with that. Yeah. Um. You guys do not understand what just a like, uh, share or comment would do for us. Follow anything, anything yeah, you want to do. You know, leave a comment. Just whether whether you enjoyed the show or not, just leave a comment. Just you know, just say it. You know, if there's something we could work on. Tell us. Yeah, if you made it this far, you had to like something. If you didn't like something, let us know, man. I mean, for real. Absolutely. Uh, But, uh, again, very much appreciated. Thank you, too, for letting me sit down and have this conversation. And I'm looking forward to next week, y'all. Absolutely, man. Absolutely, man. We'll see you guys. Signing off. See ya.